Praise God. Well, I'm glad y'all are here tonight. So I want to share something with you um, tonight. I, I, got a, I got a word here that I think will bless you. So get your Bibles out. And go to the plan this week, Psalms 27. Now, I don't have any notes on this, so I'm just going to preach it. See what God's going to say to each and every one. I hope you all have been reading the plan. Hope you all don't just say you're doing it and you're not really. That would be terrible. God knows. He sees everything. Um, in reading the plan this week, I saw a message out of it. And I'm just going to title it, How to Heal Wormholes. Because I was preaching that on Sunday and talking about uh, the worms and and then I was reading this, and I, I just saw something here. So I just want to go through it. So I want to tell you something. Let me just explain this, because you'll probably know this. Y'all are all preaching to the choir tonight. But, um, you know, when you read the Psalms, the Psalms are inspirational. The Psalms are prophetic. David didn't just... If you've ever written a song, you know, there's people that write songs that just come out of their head. Like if you just get the right jingles, you can... You can start writing the jingle down. You know what I mean? You get the word that rhymes with the word, the last word, and you just you make a little jingle. You just make it up. But then there's songs that truly people uh, are inspired to write. And I've I know that there's some, you know, y'all can agree with me or not, but I've I know that some some singers, some just like country singers, who they're anointed. I don't know if they know they're anointed of God, but they're anointed and they'll sing a song. And in that song, I can hear a trace of the anointing of God, even though the words don't match with a worship song. Okay? So <clears throat> when David comes up with the Psalms, just like any song, any musician, I don't care who you are, you're going to have one that's a hit. All right? And then you may have a couple others, you know, they made it onto the album. Right? But they're not the, they're not the one that everybody remembers. And you know, something unusual about that, this little side note, I was watching somebody, I don't, remember who the, I don't remember who the star was, but they said that the thing that they hate the most is, is that the song that always becomes famous is the only song anybody ever wants to hear. So whenever they go on concert, everybody's like, oh, sing that song, you know, and it's, and it's like, God, we sing a song forever. I mean, we got a new one here. It's pretty good. You know, we want to hear that one, you know, and so it gets to hear. But David, you know, there's some Psalms that, I mean, you know, Psalms 23. I mean, come on. I mean, that day when he went in, I mean, he had to sit his harp down and say, man, I hit pay dirt today. I mean, that was a good one, right? And they're prophetic. And so Psalms 27 is one just like that. You know, I, of, of the two Psalms that I see that I say that you should commit to memory is Psalms 23 and Psalms 27, all right? So anyway, Psalms 27, it says, the Lord is my light, my salvation, and whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? What a statement. What a statement. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So what do I have to fear? Do you realize? <laughs> do you realize you've already won the lotto? 
You've already won the lotto that pays your, 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 you've already been given exceeding and great and precious promises by his divine nature that is already given to you. It's all yours. The only thing you're trying to do is figure out how you get those applied to your life. You already won the lotto. Okay, so let me ask you this. If you had the winning ticket, you went down here and, you know, the, the five points and you bought a, the winning ticket and you had the winning ticket and the numbers played off or however you fought, found the numbers and you got the numbers and you're holding the numbers in your hand and you know you won. You saw them, oh, I got the winning ticket, right? Does anybody, well, somebody might, but does anybody in here know where the lotto office in Austin is you're supposed to go to to collect? Does anybody know the address? Right? You don't know where it is. You know you won, you got the winning ticket in your hand, but then you're going to go call somebody, find something. I mean, there may be a number on the back of the ticket. I don't know. I've never looked. Right? But you're going to have to find it. You're going to do some investigation. You may have to go in there. Then, So then you do get an address. Oh, yes, we're at, you know, 169, you know, uh, hit the lotto avenue. And so you type, and you're going to go. You're going to type it in your phone here to put it in there. You got to find the day. You got to figure out how you're going to get. To, which is the best way to go? Where do I go? You, you with me? You don't. It just just because you got the winning ticket didn't mean you got everything handed to you. You didn't get the winning ticket, and they called off the numbers, and then the money just fell out in your living room. You got to go collect. Same thing with that. You've been already been given all the divine promises of God that are already yours by the blood of Jesus. Once you're in the family of God, it's all yours. You stand in grace. The devil's trying to talk you out of it as fast as he can. It's where the worms come from. He's trying to talk you out, but you already got all the promises. They're all yours. All you're trying to learn to do is how to get them applied to your life. How do you find the office to get them? Okay? So the Lord's my light and my salvation, so what do I got to fear? The Lord's the strength of my life. What well, do I have to be afraid? That revelation is unbelievable to get that down in your heart and to know it. When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh and my enemies and my foe, they stumble and they fail. I tell you, the one person in the Old Testament that I, I just, my hat's off to is Hezekiah. And there's probably others, but Hezekiah, because you re, get to read it all out, that he goes up and he looks over the wall one day and the Assyrian army has come and it says they're like, they're like the sand of the sea out in front of him. And they've come to take Jerusalem. And what it must have felt like to stand there and look over that wall and to see your foes in that multitude, knowing they're coming, they're going to lay siege. And they're, you know, unless God does something, he's going to take it. He goes in there, rips his, his, his garment, falls down on his face before God. Up comes Isaiah, comes walking up, gives him his word. It's amazing, okay? So, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. What's he confident in? That God's going to do what he said he's going to do. So his confidence doesn't lie in his ability. His confidence doesn't lie in who he is. His confidence lies in who God is, right? Because he's his light and his salvation. This isn't even the message yet. Okay, this is all the prelims. But I'm just saying, if you have this revelation, that God is your light and your salvation, and that's down in your heart, you're on the way to get to what I'm going to talk about. But if he's not, you're not there yet. That's where you got to get to. That's the place you got. That's the, that's the goal you need to aim for. God is my light and my salvation. So in whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? I believe a lot of Christians that 
The relationship with the Lord is as if it's a fairy tale. They, they, it's a fairy tale, you know? It sounds good that there's a Hulk and he might come help you. But it's a fairy tale. It's a Marvel comic. It's just out there. It's not really real, but you hope it's real because you got nothing else to cling to. It's not a real relationship. He's not their light and their salvation. Whom shall I fear? Are y'all with me? He's not the strength of their life, so they are afraid. Okay, so David says this. I'm confident in this, and now here we get to it. This is how you heal worms in your head, wormholes, okay? One thing. Everybody say one thing. One thing I have desired of the Lord and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You know, um, if you've ever hugged somebody that had a perfume on, you kind of walk away with their perfume, don't you? Hello? You go home, take your jacket off or take your shirt off, whatever, you know, and you still smell it. They came home with you. So let's turn it on to another thing. Well, a homeless guy, you went and hugged a homeless guy. You may carry something else home with you. You went and hugged the guy that's been flipping burgers all day. You may carry something else home with you. Right? You go spend some time with your friend who's griping and complaining. You make it home with the same griping and complaining, right? Or if you got around somebody that was happy, you might come home happy. What you hang around is what you're going to become. What odor is on the person is what you're going to take home with you. David said there's only one thing I really desire in life. I don't desire a kingdom. I don't desire riches. I don't desire to have a, a victory over my enemies. I'm not looking for any of these things. Like There's only one thing that I really truly in heart desire is I desire to be with Jesus. I desire to spend time with him. I desire to just be in his presence. Now, I want to just give you all some homework. So wherever you go this week, start being observant about if you go into a restaurant, how many people are on their phone? Okay, most people are sitting at the table like this. Yeah, uh, yeah, can I have some tea, please? Thank you. While there's other people at the table with them. And then they order, and then they're like this. Because this phone is what's taking all their time. All right? Nobody sits and visits anymore. Nobody has relationship, fellowship anymore. You know? <clears throat> Since I've had this experience of, of having my, our high school graduation group get back together 40 years, I don't understand it. I can't even, my mind can't fathom it that 40 years could have gone by. 40. 40 years. I don't feel like I'm 40 years old. I don't move like I'm 40, but I, I don't feel like I'm 40. And so... Um, I can't understand it. It doesn't make sense. When I look at all the other classmates, I say, man, y'all look old. I didn't tell them that, but that's what I thought. Of course, I'm the only one sitting there with a the white beard, so, you know, I mean. But I got to thinking about this. I spent 12 years with those people. 12 years. I then began to think about it. Spent 18 years with my parents. But I've spent 40 years with my wife.
She pretty much knows. I don't think there's anything she doesn't know about me. Spent 40 years together. We just like to sit in a chair, lay back in our easy chairs and hold each other's hands. We've been together so long. I mean, we know what each other's thinking. Right? <laughs> Last night she came in. I knew she'd had a hard day. She'd been busy doing stuff. And I said, why don't tonight we just eat all the leftovers in the icebox? Which leftovers do you want? Don't cook. Let's just have leftovers. We'll clean out the, the, the fridge. This is what we're doing tonight. And she said, oh, great. My point is, Unless you want to spend time with Jesus, you're not going to ever get the wormholes healed. And spending time with Jesus, you know, there's a lot of, it's multifaceted. Spending time with Jesus can be when you're reading the Word. Spending time with Jesus can be when you're reading the plan together with your, your, your spouse or whoever. Spending time with Jesus can be just sitting there not saying anything. But I think what people do is, the mistake they make is they spend the time, they've got their Bibles open, they go through, they say, they read, they read, they read, they read, oh, that's good, Lord, I like that, yeah, that's really great, Lord, okay. Okay, now I'll see you later, i got to go to work. And the one thing that I have learned in all of these years is every morning, how he does it, he's always there for me. And he goes with me all day long. I don't know what y'all are doing, but he's with me all day long in everything I'm doing. Whether I'm reading, worshiping, murmuring, complaining, trying to fix something. Are you with me? He's always there. Any problem I, rise, I come up against from... Uh, from trying to figure out how to make a new Vena Hood work that should have just been working and I wanted to gripe and complain that the people that just put it in, how could they leave and it didn't work and I've got to fix it? I wanted to get mad. And I said, no, I'm not going to. Uh, Holy Ghost, what do I got to do to fix this thing? And it's me and him looking at it saying, do you know what to do? What about that? You think that's about a problem? You know, I mean, this is why I do it. Today, uh, my son had a camera unit go down and he brought it to the shop and said, you know, I don't know, there's something wrong with it. They said, something wrong with it. Figure it out. So I sat there and looked at it. Before I just started tearing it everything, I said, what do you want to do, Holy Ghost? I mean, so I just kind of looked at it and said, what do you think? Got a screwdriver and kind of poked around a little bit. And real technical. I'm the, I'm the tech person for EGC Corporation. I rats around with that deal. Shook it. They said it was something was loose, heard something rattling, poke around the wires a little bit. What do you think, Holy Ghost? He said, you might as well just go ahead and take this and this off and take that off. I said, okay. Took it off. That quick found the problem was. Fixed it. Screwed it back on. Called Joe. Said, it's ready. Ran. No problem. Fixed it. How'd you figure out what was wrong? That's that, Holy Ghost. Tell me what to do. I mean, that doesn't work if you're talking to the person. What was wrong with you? I don't know. The Holy Ghost just told me to do this, and it worked. But whatever. He never leaves me. That's how you get all the wormholes healed. Because you're always in his presence. And when you're in his presence, 
Just like I said, if somebody has perfume on it, you carry them home. If you're in his presence, that's what you're going to carry home. And it's not, oh, here's here. Oh, we got through reading. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll catch you in the, I'll catch you tomorrow, Lord. And then something happens in the middle of the day and say, oh, we, we, we better pray. Let's get back. We got to get back to Jesus. No, he, if he was already there with you, you say, oh, wow, Lord, got an issue here. And the one thing I have learned over all these years of serving the Lord is that, that simple deal. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. Now, you got to understand something. I love everything about Jesus. Now, just think about this, what I'm, what I'm saying. I love how he dealt with the devil. I love how he messed up a funeral. I love how he almost had words with his mother over the wine. But he obeyed what she asked him to do. I love how he got all the doubt out of the house and, and healed Jairus' daughter. I love how the way he looked at Peter and said, you know, Satan was talking to me last night. He told me he's going to get you. That's my paraphrase. But that's what he said. I love how he came back to Peter and said, hey, Peter, do you love me? I love everything about Jesus. I love the way he rose from the tomb and folded his napkin and put it down. Think about it, folks. I love, I love how he didn't call a legion of angels down and destroy this world when they're about to crucify him. I love how he went to the cross for me and paid the price and let people spit on him and beat him, and he didn't get angry and just say, that's it, I've had enough, angels, kill them. I love how he, he changed a little boy's life that had a lunch that was just following him around. I love how he sat in the, in the, the town and, and had the kids come to him and got him up on his leg. I love how he's going to come back on a white horse with a rod in his hand and he's going to beat the dog out of everybody that isn't with him. I love that he's a God of righteousness, a God of justice. I love that nobody's going to get away with anything. I love that nobody's going to go to hell that didn't deserve hell. Are you following me? I love everything about him. I love how when he was resurrected and walked through the wall and sat down in the room, sat down with everybody and said, y'all got anything to eat? What? What? He's the son, he's the son of God. He just, just went to heaven, just, just, I mean, just rose from the dead. And he said, hey, y'all got anything to eat? I mean, that is so real to me. If I went to my friend's house, I'd say, hey, y'all, you know, supper time, you got anything to eat? I love how when he was going to, uh, into Jerusalem, he told Peter, go get me a new donkey. I don't want an old donkey somebody said, on. Go get me a new one. I love how Jesus had probably such fine clothing that people were fighting over at the cross. I love how he spit on the ground and made mud and stuck it on a guy's eyes. I mean, What? But that's just so unique. Why would he do that? You follow me? I love that uniqueness. And when you, when you fall in love with Jesus because you're seeing who he is through the scriptures and all the cool things and amazing things that he does and says and who he is as a person, you just want to spend time with him. And so I don't ever want to be out of his presence. I always want to be with him. 
Everywhere I go, the one thing that I desire is want to be with him. And when you're with him, then he has that ability to have a conversation with you and say, you know, you're crazy. And you got a wormhole right in your head over that thinking. I say, I know. What do I do about it? Well, this. This is what I told you to do. Boom. You get healed. Just being with the Son of God and knowing He loves you is a pretty healing thing. Just knowing that who you are, that He loves you and accepts you. One thing I notice, no matter where you go around the world, there's people are unique individuals. We're all different. And some, some people goofy looking, but who's making the standard? See, we, the world says, oh, they're goofy looking, but who makes the standard? Hollywood? What do they know? I'm still trying to figure out, just because you become an actress, you're deceiving everybody that you're somebody that you're not, or an actor, that then you know politics. I haven't figured that one out yet. What happens when you come to that place, then all of a sudden you are the, the you, you know politics because you know how to deceive people? So you're in that crowd? I don't know what the deal is. The glorified court jester? Have y'all ever thought about this? That's why we had court jesters, or we didn't have them, but they had them in the, the Middle Ages, court jesters, because they wanted to be entertained. So they got some goofball that would get out there and dance around and do something to entertain them while they were eating, because they didn't have TV to watch. <laughs> got him in a pair of leotards and something else, and he did something, and, and everybody had fun while they were eating, because they were watching TV, wanted to watch TV way back then. And the court jester did it all. And so now we just have multi-million dollar paid Court jesters run around. And because they've achieved that, now they know politics. It really is. <clears throat> you don't even want to get me started there. I just heard the Lord say, move on. Okay, so let's read on down six. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. So what's happening? Because you're spending your time with Jesus, now all of a sudden, your head's not down, and you're downcast. Your head's up, and he says he's put you on a rock, and he's taking you to his pavilion, and he's got to appear. So now all of a sudden, you're seeing what the real clear picture is, what the real answer is, okay? And I, uh, let me read six again. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer, offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When, I, when you said, seek my face, my heart said unto you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Do not hide me. Hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, for I have been, you have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in the smooth path because of my, because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. False witnesses have risen against me, such as breathe out violence. Now here we go. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, is that a faith statement? What he's saying is I'm operating in faith because I'm going to believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Why not? He's my light, my salvation. 
He's my everything. I'm spending time with him. So of course I'm going to see goodness come because God's going to do it. I'm going to win. I'm going to be the head, not the tail. I'm going to be above and not beneath. Are you with me? That's what you've got to do, folks. Listen to me. Your day right now may not look like too much to have joy over, but that doesn't make any difference because I'm not looking at today. I'm looking at the day of victory, right? Because if God is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord's the strength of my life and whom shall I be afraid? And I'm spending time with him. Then folks, I'm telling you, do not listen to what's going on around you. Keep yourself seeking him. Now, to end this, it says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, I, I, I didn't really know I was even going to preach this, but literally just a minute ago before church, I was just talking to Jake, and we were talking about that when we were going to Hawaii, uh, the trip prior, I'd had a bad trip because there was places full of kids and they were all fighting and wrestling and thrashing around. And so I told Laura, I said, buy me some of those noise canceling headphones. Man, I'll put them babies on and I'll knock the world out and I don't have to listen to all that. And so I didn't know anything about, I mean, they say noise canceling headphones. I just thought it was noise canceling, you know, that you couldn't hear anything, but what you wanted to listen to. So uh, there was a really good set and, and she found them on sale and got them for like a half off. And, and, uh, I, man, I got on the plane. I was so excited to get my little head set on it. I got that baby on it, plugged her in, put it into my phone, turn that button. And if you've ever listened, do you all know what I'm talking about? Have you ever put a set of noise-canceling headphones on? Okay, you put them on, you hear everything, and then all of a sudden you turn that switch and it goes, it's like a vacuum sucked on your head. And you're like, wow. All the noise is gone. But what I didn't know was that they don't cancel out voices. So I could just hear everybody better. Because <laughs> now I'm not hearing all the roar of the engines and the air noise, but I am just could hear everybody better. I'm like, what? I want it dead silent except for what I'm hearing. Okay? I didn't realize how it worked. My point is, you know you're getting somewhere in your relationship with the Lord when you go and you wake up in the morning and you start reading your Bible and you start your, your day of fellowship with the Lord and it's just like you turned on the button and all the noise of everything else that's around you went out. And all you're hearing is your talk and your conversation and your relationship with the Lord. You're not hearing the hiss. You, you know, it's really amazing because when you do put those on on an airplane, you can't believe how much noise there is until you cut it all out of the engines and the, the noise of just everything. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is like I'm in the clouds. I mean, it's like, wow. When you get like that with Jesus in your day, you're not hearing the yakety yak of the enemy. You're not hearing the, the noise and the hiss of everything going on around you. You're just in your little headset. With Jesus, man, folks, you're going to be making some, some headway. You're making some ground. You're getting your head worm, worms healed in your head quick. The wormholes healed quick. Because that's all you're doing is listening to him. That's what we have to strive to be or to do or to get to. That's the goal. The one thing that you desire is to be able to do that every day of your life for the rest of your life on planet Earth. And that's the only way 
to ever find true success, true happiness, true peace, true joy, is doing that. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, well, I guess I got to go buy a headset. It truly is amazing because when I, I had a, I thought I had a pretty good set of just earbuds and I shoved those things down to, you know, I was like blood in my ears trying to cut out all the noise of everything around me, but they didn't do it. But when I put that headset on, I was like, it's cool. So anywho, that's where we got to be. Amen. Well, praise God. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.